Good morning. I'm Travis. I'm the pastor of New Life Church Wilsonville, and I'm glad to be able to share with you today from Psalm 62. Would you join me as we begin in a word of prayer? Father, we ask that you would speak to our hearts today. That in whatever circumstances we find ourselves, that we would know that you are God. That we would find you to be our strength. And that you would help us. Particularly in times of trouble. And Lord, we ask now that as we open your word, you would speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a lot of noise right now. When I watch the news, I am appalled. When I listen to the radio, I get worked up and angry. When I read through the social media posts, I get worked up and disgusted because of all of the things that people are saying and doing. And I, I hope that right now, we can find a place of hope. In this place, even. In this place, that this would be a holy place today. Through the, the same device that you have been listening to that has been causing you to have those feelings of anxiety and stress. That through that same device, right here in your living room, in your dining room, on the back deck, through this same device, we would instead find a place of comfort, a place of sanctuary, and a place of peace. It's my hope that you will find hope today as we open God's word together and read from Psalm 62. Psalm 62 is uh, a psalm of David. It says it's according to Jeduthun. Jeduthun was one of the priests, and so it was probably arranged musically by him, but written by David. And in many ways, we don't really know what the context of this psalm is. There are other psalms that have very specific contexts. This was the time when David was running away from Absalom or from Saul. And in this case, we don't have anything like that to tell us what the circumstances were. And yet, I think you'll find as we go into the psalm a little bit further that uh, the circumstances are pretty clear. But the way that he starts off... In verse 1, David says, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. He says, God alone, for God alone my soul waits in silence. There is a stillness and a peace in David as he's writing this. He says, I'm finding this silence, I'm finding this stillness in God. Why? Because he alone, God only, is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. 
I shall not be greatly shaken. It, it just begs the question, what, what's going on, David? Why, why are you saying that you won't be greatly shaken? That's not a thing that people normally stay, say. They don't stand up and say, you know what? I'm not going to be shaken. I'm going to stand here strong, firm, immovable. I'm not going to be shaken today. People aren't usually saying that. People aren't really talking often about, this is my security, this is my fortress, as David is here. But the reason that David has to talk about where his hope is, why he has this silent, uh, quiet hope in the Lord, is because there's something going on. There's some kind of turmoil happening around David, some sort of uncertainty where the circumstances find themselves unsafe. And so in the midst of that, David is saying, my God, my God gives me my salvation. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. He says, I'm going to be saved by God because God is my fortress. That that picture of this big, immovable force with huge rocks, like a a big wall that's just there protecting. And David's going, what's going to touch me here? Nothing's going to touch me here because God is my fortress. I I, I don't need a shield. I I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to to learn karate or anything like that. I, I have this wall here. Because God is my fortress. And when I'm standing here in this place on this rock, I can't be shaken. I can't be shaken because I'm standing here on a firm foundation and I am protected by my God. He is my salvation. He provides that kind of hope. Well, what's going on that he needs this kind of hope? Verse 3. How long will you attack? a man to batter him, like a leaning wall, a tottering fence. They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. He says, here's what's going on in my situation right now. I feel unstable. I feel uncertain and weak and like I'm about to collapse like a fence that's leaning over. In my yard right now, I have a fence that is aging. And I've been seeing age over the last several years, and I've been knowing at some point pretty soon, I'm going to have to do something about that fence. Because some of the boards were weathered, and I could tell that there was some rotting in a couple of the cross pieces and that sort of thing. But, but this year, this spring, when I went outside, I saw that there are places where the fence is leaning. It's beginning to sag. I wouldn't quite call it dilapidated yet, but it's headed that direction pretty shortly. It's leaning. And I don't know if you are like me, but when I see something that's leaning like that and it just doesn't look quite right, it looks unstable, I I just want to go and push it over and see how much would it take to knock the thing completely over. This is my own fence and I feel that way. I never feel that way when I see the fence being strong and and stable. 
doing what a fence is supposed to be doing, where it keeps out intruders and things. But, but when I see the fence being weak and, and soft, then I just want to test it and see, what, how much gift does this have? Is this even being a fence at all? And I just want to go and push it and see, what would it take to knock this thing completely over? And this is what's happening to David. He said, I, I feel like that kind of a person. Like I'm being attacked, like, like I'm a leaning wall or, or a, a tottering fence. And the people around me are, are looking and, and saying, look at him. Look at him. He, what's he doing leading? He shouldn't be leading. Well, what, what's he doing up there in that position of importance? Let, let's knock him down. And just like when we walk along and we see something like a fence that's leaning over and we just have this urge to go over and push it over the rest of the way, there's something about that with people of importance too. That when we see them, that we don't mind when they're there in that place of, of prominence. But if anything should happen, if they should slip from grace just a little bit, then suddenly public opinion turns very quickly. And everybody wishes ill of them. And as they begin to slip and they begin to fall, it's just like this chorus of, of voices going, yeah, yeah, they deserve that. Maybe just a few months before, they were in a place of prominence and grace and, and people appreciated them and appreciated the work that they do. But, but then when there's something about that, about them, that is not right, then we just want to rip the rug out from under them and see the whole thing come crashing down. I think, I think that even if Tom Hanks, one of the most beloved actors in the United States right now, I think that even if Tom Hanks, if something were to come out, that this, oh, did you know that five years ago Tom Hanks did this? I think that there would be public outcry and they would love to see him fall. It's because we just, we have that out for people who, who are in that place of prominence. We want to see them fall and David is in that place. David is the king. And he has all of these people around who, who just wish ill of him. They want to see him fail and they want to see him fall. And in the midst of that place, he's going, this is how weak I feel. I feel as though I'm about to fall over. But though I feel like a weak and tottering fence, I'm standing in a place of security. Because God is my fortress. We've just finished a series in the book of Job, and I, I think that the same thing was happening with Job. Job was in a place of prominence. He was a righteous and wealthy man, a man of influence. And Satan talked to God and said, yes, but it just wouldn't take that much to knock him over. It just wouldn't take that much to push him down. And he came over and he gave Job a good shove. And Job's friends saw that and went, oh yeah, you must have done something wrong. There must be something wrong with you, Job, that you should fall from grace like this and have all this stuff happen to you. And it's that chorus of voices. Yeah! Watch him fail. Watch him fall. 
And in the midst of that, Job held on to his integrity and held on to the Lord. Much as David is holding on to the Lord and saying, but Lord, I am hanging on to you. But what are you dealing with right now? What is it that for you is making you feel weak and unstable and tottering? Is it something emotional? Is it something relational? A relationship in which you had had a really stable relationship, but now there's uncertainty and tension and friction? Is it a financial thing? There have been a lot of different things going on recently, causing tensions. And maybe you find yourself in an unstable financial place right now. Is it some sort of temptation to sin? That you feel like, I'm just hanging on barely by a thread, but it's not going to take that much and I'm going to get knocked over. What is it for you right now that you find yourself like David where there are the accusers and those who are against him, those who are wanting to see him fail? And whether it's financial or spiritual or emotional or physical, whatever it is, where is your hope and your rock? You see, as soon as David has, has said, how long will you, all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall and a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. As soon as he has said that, he begins to repeat again the things that he began with in verses 1 and 2. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Listen to it in verse 1. For God alone, my soul waits in silence, from him comes my salvation. In, in, in verse 1, David states it as a fact. This is a thing that is currently happening. My soul is waiting for God. Then having described his place of uncertainty and his weakness, now in verse 5, he repeats it, but it sounds a little bit different. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. David is speaking and reassuring himself He's speaking to his own soul. He's saying, I feel disquieted right now. I feel this tension and this turmoil within me. And so self, and so my soul, have hope in God. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. Wait in silence. Do you feel that? That pause? There was so much noise 
so many voices, so many worries, so many people shouting into our minds through social media or through the news or even the voices that come from within, those voices of doubt and concern and uncertainty, all of those voices begin to build up into this cacophony of sound that is ringing in our ears and causing us to be uncertain. And David speaks to himself and says, wait, wait in silence. Wait in silence. So while all of the things, all of the turmoil is happening around us, and we are tempted to be swept up into that, we pause and say, time out. Time out. I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to refocus. And instead of looking at my weakness and the uncertainty of my circumstances, instead I am going to focus my hope on God. He only, verse 6, He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. I shall not be shaken. David gets to speak with great confidence because of the confidence he has in God. Because of the great confidence he has in God, he says, I, I will not be shaken. That's the kind of confidence that I want. That's the kind of confidence that, that I desire to have. It, it's the kind of confidence that, that I saw in my grandparents as they would talk about how the Lord was their strength. And I, I've seen this in other people too where I, I look at them and go, wow, they are just... They are pillars of strength, pillars of faith. They, they are so strong in faith. And I want that because my soul seems in upheaval. Where do they find that sense of peace? Where do they find that great faith? Well, it comes out of situations like this. We don't have great faith in God when everything is easy. That's not the time we're talking about how great a rock and a fortress God is. We're not talking about those things when, when times are easy. It's when it's really difficult that, that is when we have to be certain that God is our rock, that God is our fortress, that our hope is only in Him. That's when. And so when you start talking with these people who have walked with God for a long time and have this great faith in Him, what you'll find time after time is the stories that come out about God's faithfulness. How do you have such great faith? It's because when I was going through this particularly difficult time in my life, God was there and carried me through. 
But almost every time you will hear them say, this particularly difficult time in my life. Some of you are in the particularly difficult time right now. And you will have the great faith when you're looking back. And you will talk about this time. And you'll talk about this time to your kids and to your grandkids and to your friends. And you will say, that is the time. That is the time. That's the time that I trusted in God. And he showed himself to be faithful. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. This this picture of the strong rock and uh, fortress is on either side of of this term that this, he is my salvation, the one who saves me, right there in the middle. He is my Yeshua. Yeshua. And for for those of you who uh, have Um, heard before where the name Jesus comes from, it's that same place. The one who saves. He is my salvation. He is my rock, my salvation, my Jesus, my fortress. I will not be shaken. You see, there are times when we feel like we are in greater turmoil than other times. There are times when we feel like we are in greater danger than at other times. There are times at which we feel less sure of ourselves than at other times. But God has seen our biggest need, our greatest need. And in that, he said, I have provided my salvation in Jesus. He said, I see that your greatest need is the sin that threatens to overwhelm you. That sin that so easily entangles you and deceives your mind into thinking that there is something that is better than God. Or that you are not good enough or that you are not enough. That you are not valuable, that you are not lovable. That your sin has separated you from God. God sees that and says, those things are true and I have met them in Jesus. I have saved you through Jesus. Because when the sin threatens to overwhelm us, we find that Jesus says, I have taken the consequences for all of the sin. I have died on the cross on your behalf so that you might be saved and live as one who has no sin. You can live as one who has no sin because Jesus, the sinless one, accepted the consequences for your sin on your behalf. Because of that, We recognize that Jesus, having sacrificed himself for the sake of our salvation from our sins, he will then find him, we can find him faithful then in all situations. He is our salvation in all situations. 
David was thinking very much about this physical time where there are people who are attacking him. Emotionally, he's in turmoil because they are deceitfully attacking him. They're making stuff up about him so that they can say negative things about him, and they're wanting to see him slip and fall. But he's saying, but even in this, my God is my salvation. When it was David's sin, my God is my salvation. When it was people attacking him, my God is my salvation. And for us, Jesus saves us not only from our sins, but also from all of the things that may assail us. And so we find this place of quietness where we speak to our souls and we say, Jesus is our rock and my fortress. Verse 7, on God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. When I need a place of refuge, I go and I find God. I, I went, when I was a teenager, we went down to the beach. I was with a Boy Scout troop, and, and we were watching the waves come up. And uh, in, in Washington, in this particular place, it's all rocky. There's no beaches. And so the ra- waves would come crashing against the rock. And a couple of the guys, the, the other boys with me, said, what we're going to do is we're going to put on our ponchos and we're going to go hide behind this rock and then the waves will come and they will splash over, but they won't knock us over because we're going to be hiding behind this rock. And I, I thought I was going to be clever. And so I would run out during the time that the wave receded and I would touch the outer point of the point and then come running back before the next wave hit. And while these guys were wearing their ponchos and hiding behind the rock every time a wave came, I went sprinting out, touched it, came running back and almost made it but did not quite because the wave came crashing over me. And I found myself being completely soaked head to toe because in my arrogance, I thought that I could avoid the waves. And I couldn't. And my friends had geared up. They'd put on the ponchos and they'd stood in the place of of shelter, of refuge. And so when the wave came, it didn't knock them over. It didn't soak them. They were dry and fine. Now, we can talk about the wisdom of putting yourself out there in places where the waves are crashing, but, but the reality is they had a place of refuge in the midst of those waves, and I didn't. And he's saying, in this place, uh, this place where the waves are coming crashing, on God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. And again, we have this pause, this moment to reflect, this moment of silence. The last moment of silence came right after we talked about the circumstances and the people who were against and how he felt like he was weak and toppling over. But this time, this time the pause is to remember that though we feel weak, God is our refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Trust in him at all times. I I ask you 
a couple of minutes ago, what is it for you that, that seems to be assailing you? What, what is it for you that is causing you turmoil? Trust in Him. Trust in God at all times. How do you know if you're trusting in Him? In the midst of this, in the midst of this turmoil, how do you know if you're trusting in Him? It goes on to say, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Pour out your heart to Him. If you are feeling disquieted in your spirit, pour out your heart to Him. If you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling depressed, if you are feeling attacked, if you're feeling like you're not sure you're going to make it through, pour out your heart to Him. Because He is our refuge. In Philippians chapter 4, it says this, beginning in verse 5, Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. Pour out your heart to Him. Whatever those things are that are concerning you and overwhelming you, pour out your heart to Him. Make a note of it. Make a note of it right now so that you might make it known to God. You can write out your prayer request. You can pray for it right now. You could, could reach out. One of the elders or pastoral staff would love to pray with you. You can make a note of it to share with your life group this week and say, this is the thing that seems to be overwhelming me. But, but whatever... Whatever it is, pour out your heart to Him. That though it feels like it may knock you over, He can be your refuge, your place of strength, your rock, your firm foundation and protection. And then the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those times when we feel anxious and we feel like everything is swirling around us, we can have this sense of peace right here in this place. This place where we are together across time and space, we are here gathered as the church together and here together we are in God's presence. Here, together, we find safety in Him because He is our refuge and our protection. He goes on to say, Those who are of low estate are but a breath. Those who are of high estate are a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion, Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. 
He says, look, whether the person seems to be of great importance and weighty, they are not. It's all in their heads or maybe in yours. They are not that great and important. And even those who seem lowly, they are not. You could take all of them from the greatest to the least and put them all on the scale and it would amount to next to nothing. Because the strength of our Lord is so great that though there seems to be this huge disparity between those who have great power and those who are weak, it is as nothing compared to the Lord. They are lighter than a breath. He is strong. So don't put any trust in anything else. He says, don't put any trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. Don't don't put your hope in all the wrong things. We're not going to extort somebody or coerce somebody or, or force somebody or join together and band together against somebody to make something happen the way that we think that it should. That's not how we're going to get out of our problems. We are instead going to put our hope in God. We're not going to look to our own resources. If the riches increase, don't set your heart on them. This is my temptation. The the problem is only big as it relates to my bank account or to my resources. If the problem is greater than something that I feel like I can meet, then it seems like a very big problem. And if it's smaller than a thing that I feel like I can meet, then it feels like a small problem. And he says, no, no, no. Put no hope in those things, but instead pour out your heart to the Lord. So whether the problem seems great compared to your strength and resources or small compared to your strength and your resources, put no hope in your strength and your resources, but instead put your hope in the Lord. Make it known to Him. For once God has spoken, twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man according to his work. There is one God, one Savior, one judge over all, the Lord Jesus Christ. We need not fear anything else. We need not be worried or dismayed or worked up Because it's been said somewhere, once God has spoken, and twice I've heard this, there's this saying somewhere that power belongs to God. The power all belongs to Him. And if all of the power and all of the strength belong to Him, then I shouldn't put my trust in my own frailty or perceived strength, but I should put all of my hope and all of my trust in him. And I need not be afraid. Though everything seems like it's swirling about me, I need not be afraid because my God is my refuge and my strength. Even if there are those who seem to be attacking 
David had those who were making fun of him or um, telling lies and spreading rumors. God knows all those things. He will judge righteously for all of those things. But his steadfast love endures forever. And so we come to him not trembling as sinners before a great judge, but as those who have been redeemed, as those who have been saved from their sins by a great Savior who now stands guard as our protector over us. In this place today, we find hope in Jesus. In this place today, we find peace with God. In this place today, we will wait in silence for the salvation of our God. And it is hard to wait. I want my salvation and I want it now. But we can wait and be confident that God is faithful and at the right time he will make his salvation known to us. We have already seen it in Jesus and have great confidence in him. And so I would encourage you today, whatever are the weights and burdens that are weighing you down today, that you would cast them on the Lord. Pour out your heart to the Lord today and make those things known to him. For he is our strength and our refuge. Let's pray. God, it is in you only that we trust. We say this out loud, but we need to speak it to our hearts, to our very souls, to remind ourselves that it is in you only that we trust. Father, when we feel anxious or afraid or fearful or, uh, or have any of those things rise up within us, we ask, would you speak to our hearts and remind us that we are your children, that you are our Father who will protect us, that we might sit in quiet patience, knowing a peace that goes beyond what we can understand or even would make sense because we know that you are greater than our circumstances and your strength is far greater than our strength and your strength is far greater than our weakness. And so we ask that you would help us to wait in that quietness with your peace. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen.